Welcome, everyone, to the new episode of the Truth and Reality Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Roman, reporter in the middle of nowhere. And ladies and gentlemen, the Warriors put away the Mavericks. Luka did a great job, in my opinion, not having a legitimate number two guy to actually be with them, having a, a, a bunch of great role players who can sporadically score over 20 points but never could be consistent in doing that, like Spencer Dunwitty. Jalen Bronson, who had a magnificent season, having guys like Reggie Bullock, who could have one game where he's not hitting any threes, and the next game he's hitting three or four threes. But long story short, congrats to him. Now, how lucky, you know, did he get? Did Luca get to the to the um to the Western Conference Finals? Think about how he got there. The Jazz, the Jazz don't look like the Jazz of the past. Jazz are having problems right now where two of the main stars are potentially going to get traded away. And where even their coach, Coach Snyder, could be definitely on his way out after eight years of being the head coach of the Utah Jazz. So the Jazz could be a team that this was an easy, easy series for, for Dallas because they weren't playing together. The players hated each other. And the reality is we're probably seeing a future rebuild mode in the Jazz if both Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, hopefully I'm saying his name right, are traded. Then you got the Suns. Think about the Suns, how easy the Suns series was for the Warriors. Chris Paul is not the Chris Paul of five years ago. There's a speed and, and, and dominance that he had five years ago, even a year ago. That's not there no more. He has the wisdom that helps him have great games, but he doesn't have the consistency that the Suns actually need in order to be a great team. You gotta remember, Booker is the elite scorer in that in that team, and DeAndre Ayton, James Croder, probably seen his name wrong, and Chris Paul were just great role players, but none of them will are legitimate number two guys who could dominate the game. If Booker was not having the game to his liking. I mean, Booker had a great series versus Mavericks. But game six and seven, it just felt like Jason Kidd and the Mavs solved how to how to play defense against a dominant scorer in, in Booker. Long story short, Luka and Mavs were able to beat, beat um, Booker and the Suns. Were facing the Warriors. They were facing a healthy Warriors. Where team, where a lot of players have, where the Warriors have a lot of upcoming players, and a lot of guys who are elite as of right now. And it's you have seen in the series that that Luca and the Mavs could not defeat the Warriors. The Mavs, the Warriors were too much, and the Mavs went home. The Warriors are yet again in the NBA championship, representing the Western Conference. Now let's talk about the Celtics, ladies and gentlemen. You know, listen, everybody could say like the best team goes to the Western and Eastern, you know, comes out of the Western and Eastern Conference to enter the NBA championship. But sometimes certain things kind of fall into the favor of certain teams. You know, last year I felt that the Suns and the Bucks weren't the best team, but yet a team that had easy opportunities to to advance because of the other team's injuries. And the example for the Bucks was the Bucks faced the Sixers where the the truth is guys like Ben Simmons couldn't hit free throws. And Ben Simmons' inability to hit free throws helped the Bucks move forward. But 
that's last year. This is this year. So let's talk about the Celtics. How did they get to the Eastern Conference? How did they get to the NBA Championship? Well, let's think about it. First series, they're facing Brooklyn, who was not healthy. No Joe Harris. Ben Simmons is not playing. This is a team that, that, that was supposed to be a top three team, and they weren't that team. So the Celtics also went into the series where the head coach has experience as a coach uh, for the for Brooklyn because he was an assistant coach prior to becoming the Celtics um, head coach. So his experience also aided uh, the Celtics in the sense of def- um, aided the Celtics because of his knowledge on the weaknesses of the players on the net side. But the what if factor is what if Ben Simmons was healthy? What if he was in the series? Would this series have gone beyond just four games? Would the Nets have won the series? Who knows? But the idea that Ben Simmons wasn't there and other players were injured just kind of makes it has that series Celtics versus the Nets as a what if series. And then you got the Bucks. They faced the Bucks, but the Bucks didn't have Chris Middleton. And yes, the Bucks did give uh, the Celtics a good matchup in the series with the Celtics versus the Bucks. But what's the reality? The truth. The truth is that Chris Middleton wasn't there. And what's the reality? Middleton probably could have helped the Bucks win the series versus the Celtics, where the Bucks could have been in the series versus the Heat versus the Bucks going into the Eastern Conference Finals facing the Miami Heat. So that's the what-if factor for the second series in the playoffs for the Celtics. Then you go into the Miami series, which was a great series, but let's be realistic. Kyle Lowry did not look like the Kyle Lowry of Toronto and what he was able to do, do to help Toronto make the NBA championship versus Golden State a couple years ago. And Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler looked great the first two games. He got injured. He tried to play through it, but the truth is between games three, four, and five, he did not look like the dominant Jimmy Butler that played in the playoffs, the whole the whole um, playoff series between the other teams that the Heat have faced. He Game six and seven, Jimmy Butler looked like himself, but it looked like it was a little bit too late. So the NBA championship, ladies and gentlemen, is the Celtics versus the Warriors. Did anybody predict this? I think anybody would have said that the Warriors, if healthy, were going to be a great team and probably even predicted them to be in the NBA championship. But the truth is, did anybody pick the Celtics? Did anybody pick a rookie head coach being having the ability to do something great that Brad Stevens couldn't do as head coach of the Celtics? So the question is, if the Celtics' defense is great, if they can eliminate the three-point shooting and dominance of the Warriors, could they win this series? Possibly. But if the Warriors are raining threes, could this be a series for the Celtics to lose? Because once the Warriors are hitting threes, they're pretty much an unstoppable team. No matter what, it's going to be a great series. Game one was great because it was like trading blows. You saw game, you saw first quarter and you saw Steph Curry and the way he played. And you're saying... This is the Warriors game. If Steph Curry is being this great, there's no way that the Warriors lose this series if Curry is so great. Because he had six threes in the between five and six threes in the first quarter. Second quarter came, Celtics made adjustments, 
and won and won the second quarter. Third quarter, Warriors looked like they were back to the being the fir, uh, the first quarter team, and then fourth quarter came and Celtics to shut down the the Warriors. Defense was great. The offense was great. Long story short, great game. No matter what, the idea that it was a game where there was this trading trading quarters, and the idea that that the Warriors appeared to be like the team that was going to win in a blowout to becoming the team that lost the game just kind of makes this series even more interesting. What could potentially happen in game two, three, four, and five, and six, and seven? But you know what was funny? The other day someone th- pointed this out on social media. Nine years ago, Boston Celtics and the Nets made a trade. The Nets thought it would be a great idea to trade for 34-plus players in Jason Terry, Kevin Garnett, Kevin, Kevin Durant, Kevin Garnett, and Paul Pierce. Five players went were uh, more were traded, five or six, and first-round draft picks were swapped. Were traded too. Well, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Jason Terry looked like they were old basketball players. And they didn't deliver what the Nets had hoped. And in response, the Nets lost out a chance of getting both Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And what did Jason Tatum do and Jalen Brown do? They just led the Celtics to the NBA championship where the Nets were hoping that Durant and Irving were going to be able to do that already. But long story short, they have not. And kind of make an idea that the, the Garnett Pierce and Jason Terry trade never worked out for the Nets. Kind of just stings a little bit more if you're a Nets fan. The idea that we made this big trade nine years ago didn't work out. Then we got this ton of cap space and we worked things out to have ton of cap space and that didn't work out. And then the two players who we, we could have drafted went to a team in our division and on top of that they led a team in our division to the NBA championship. And on top of that we allowed our assistant coach to go be the head coach. I mean, whoa. What bad luck for the Nets. Anyway, NFL news. Ryan Fitzpatrick has retired. He had played for nine different teams. Everyone was liking him this past couple years because of his post-game outfits, his beard, his energy, and more. Last season during the playoffs when the Buffalo was at home, where was Fitzpatrick? Oh, Fitzpatrick was with the Buffalo Bill fans cheering them on shirtless. I mean, amazing. This past season, he went to Washington in hopes to be the starting quarterback for Washington, but yet got injured and never really got the opportunity to be a full-time starter. Now, I'm going to predict this. Don't hold my feet to the fire, but if things don't work out for Seattle and other teams, there's a great chance that Fitzpatrick comes back out of retirement. I just have that kind of feeling that right now no one's offering him a good contract and that's why he's retiring. Not that he wants to retire. But if things don't work out or, or if a quarterback gets injured, Fitzpatrick could be one of the quarterbacks that could be um, that could be uh, someone that some of these teams may want. Now going into MLB, you know, on the, a couple of weeks ago, the Angels looked like one of the most improved teams in Major League Baseball. They were over 500. But now, ladies and gentlemen, they have just 
been involved in a nine-game losing streak. In the past four games, they couldn't even score over one run. So what's up? What is the what is wrong with the Angels? Are the Angels just one of those teams that starts off great and ends and is gonna end horrible? I mean, right now they're still technically a playoff team in this new six team uh each National League, East American League, uh, you know, six team representation of teams that are able to go to the playoffs. But if this is a growing trend, if this is a team that's on the decline, the Angels could be outsiders looking in after one time being looking like one of the most improved teams. And then Joe Madden could be fired because the reality he hasn't delivered a playoff team. And because he hasn't developed a playoff team, if he if the Angels don't make the playoffs, Joe Madden will be fired from the Angels. It is just bound to happen. And talking about managers being potentially fired or being fired, Joe Girardi was let go of his duties as the Phillies manager this past week. Personally, I never thought that the Phillies ever gave him good pitching, good starting pitching. They signed Zach Wheeler a couple years ago away from the Mets, and they had Nola already on the team, but they never legitimately had a good rotation behind them, a good 3, 4, and 5 guy. It was one of the major weaknesses that they had had on them. I mean, instead of adding pitching and adding to the rotation, they added two hitters who are more likely better suited for DH versus being guys who could hit for power and make good defensive choices on the outfield. Those two uh, outfielders is Nick Castellanos, hopefully I've seen his name right, and Kyle Schroeder, who are great additions if they are supposed to be your DH. Both have shown the defensive limitations. Both have shown how in certain games the inability to catch up and the defensive awareness is below average and has hurt the Phillies from winning games, has extended games because of their of the bad defensive choices. You know, Bryce Harper was supposed to be the full-time uh, right fielder, but due to injury to uh, on his arm, due to the fact that if he was a pitcher, we were having... Um, Tommy John surgery. He has been the full-time DH, which has for- forced guys like Kyle Schrober and Nick Casalanos to be outfielders. And Sam Floyd has shown that his in- uh, has shown that he's made bad decisions so far. Hopefully, things turn around, but we'll see. Remember, a couple years ago, before they hired Joe Girardi, they were thinking about. Buck Showalter. They were thinking about Dusty Baker. Two guys that were on the radar. Two guys that are right now have the teams in first place. But instead went to Joe Girardi, which things haven't worked out. Now the Phillies are hoping that interim manager Rod, uh, Rob Th- uh, Thompson can turn things around. Lead this team to at least being a playoff. I mean, at least being a wildcard team. But the rally is they don't have starting rotation. And I think that's one of the main reasons why they have the problems that they ha- are currently having as of right now. Looking into the, some wrestling, AEW had a crazy pay-per-view last week. We saw a new champion. We saw Adam P- uh, Hangman Page lose to CM Punk. CM Punk has won his first heavyweight championship or championship or whatever in wrestling in more than 11 years. Jericho and his Stooges had a uh, bloody hardcore match versus Moxley, Eddie Kingston, Santana, Ortiz, 
and Brian Donaldson. They bled. They poured gasoline on each other. They sweat and tears. Warlow finally got his contract, and he's finally AEW elite when he defeated MGF this past week. Both Brett Baker and Adam Cole won their first Owen Hart championship. And apparently, ladies and gentlemen, not apparently, but the couple, the power couple, won the titles. It's kind of fitting that a couple won the first Owen Hart championship. Congrats to them. Well, what else happened in AEW? Now, if anybody watched AEW Dynamite on Wednesday and saw the first match, it was bad. FTR and CM Punk were missing. It was just an ugly match. It looked sloppy. It looked horrible. And, you know, one of the things I was thinking about is that AEW has it a lot. A lot of times it seems like wrestlers who are supposed to move six inches in so that when the guy comes from the top rope, it will look perfect. Or sometimes don't move six feet, uh, six inches in. They move three inches, and that three inches looks horrible because it looks like he grazed him versus actually hitting their opponent. And that's kind of AEW's MO. It's been happening so many times, so often, in every... It feels like in almost every Dynamite and Rampage um, episode or every week you witness that and you experience that. Even though they have great matches, it just seems like it happens more often in AEW. So here comes MGF. MGF cleaned it up and he basically had one of the best promos uh, experiences of the year. He came out, he's angry. It's been rumored that he's been angry for a long time. Versus AEW because he wants an extension. He wants more money. Listen, he's under 30. And if you concentrate on what MGF has been doing. He is definitely someone that AEW should be giving the money to. Because he has no ties to WWE as a full-time wrestler. Either in NXT or or um, the main roster. He's not a guy who got released from WWE and we all scratched their heads. His popularity, he has done on his own. AEW gave him a bigger audience. And he's done great. So giving him a lot of money makes sense. And it was just great seeing this promo. Because he mentioned WWE. He mentioned how or what AEW's been doing for the past year plus. Which is basically sign or uh, release players from WWE within the last year. It's just it's been a common thing. Once we see a guy released from a, I mean from WWE, we all kind of have that perception that he's definitely going to probably go to AEW. It's when and where. And that has basically been the MO. It hasn't really been let these guys who have gained popularity outside of WWE make AEW popular and make it better than WWE and make it better than anything that WCW ever did because WCW didn't really blossom, got, didn't really get guys who weren't popular or weren't ready, build them up with their promos and their wrestling matches, and they became popular under their brand. AEW has a chance with the guys they have signed from WWE and the guys who they already have on their roster to do things that WCW never did. And if they're able to accomplish that, they will be involved in wrestling much longer than anyone probably would have expected them to be because they're going up against WWE. 
But MGF, if you want to look up something right now, look up what he said because it was amazing. You felt the energy. I mean, I don't know why they did this, but in social media showed something that the, that the cameras didn't show, which is basically CM Punk come down and try to confront MJF, and MJF ran out the ring away from CM Punk. But that was a great promo. We'll see what happens. We'll see if they give him the money. You know, listen, you don't want MJF to go to WWE. You want him to just continuously get more popular. You want him now, now that CM Punk has had his has this energy where he has to have surgery, this is the perfect time to give MGF the title so that when CM Punk comes back and is healthy, them having a match for the AEW Championship would be even more epic, would be even greater to watch because both have, have had promos where they were against the company they were wrestling for and were basically begging to be fired. The microphones were turned off. Just crazy energy that they brought in front of the screen. That the reality is, it would have been great to see CM Punk longer in WWE and see him continuously win. As you know, the people in the back think that he's not a guy who has that ability to continue winning. But MGF, you did great. Now, off to WWE. WWE also had its own little moment where they were referencing AEW. The Rhodes Rollins feud is amazing. This weekend, this Sunday, Rollins versus Rhodes are going to have a hell in a cell in the match. And it was a great promo, great uh, promo this past Monday where Rollins was, was saying, you don't get to destroy the throne and come back and take mine. I think that's more or less what he was saying. But he was referencing what Rhodes did prior to rejoining WWE. And it was just amazing that they were saying that. I think it's so I think it's very amazing because in the past, it doesn't feel like when Chris Jericho and others came from WCW that they were referencing at all, making fun of often of, of um, you know, WWE make, making fun of WCW. They did tiny bit in random moments when you had Shawn Michaels dress up as, as uh, Hulk Hogan and you had random moments when DX feuded. But this is just great, in my opinion. And we'll see what happens this Sunday. We'll see if... This match ends and have one of the best feuds because the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, Rollins Rhodes has been amazing since WrestleMania. And the idea that these are two guys who haven't worked closely together for more than six years have this great chemistry on camera and in the ring is just amazing in terms of a person like me who's been watching wrestling since he was a little kid. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that is my episode. This is the Truth and Rally podcast. Remember to subscribe to my podcast on Apple and Spotify and any and all other podcast apps that are available out there. Follow me on social media and, and, and see my own little put-together um, promos for future episodes. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, have a great day and even better night. Bye-bye, ladies and gentlemen.